0: You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that examines business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when done well, brings glory and honor to God. Let's get into the show. This is Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. My name is Jason Smith, I'll be your host today, and we are going to be talking today about the six types of curses that come when you are not in covenant with God. But before we get into that today, I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about the Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneurs Mastermind Group. The Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneurs Mastermind Group is for entrepreneurs, managers, leaders, business owners who desire to use their business to impact the kingdom of God. When you join this mastermind group, this is what you'll get out of it. You'll be able to build your faith outside of the church, and I want to be very clear about this. The mastermind group is not a replacement for attending regular church services. In fact, this is going to augment regular church service, and so I would encourage you that if you're not in a church, that you should be in a church on a regular basis uh, because that's how you're going to get the most out of this group. The focus on this mastermind group is on faith in God and faith for business. You're going to get a source of hope during uncertain times. You'll get a connection with like-minded believers who will support, encourage, and pray for you. You know, business isn't done in a vacuum. And there's many times as business owners that you might feel like it's lonely at the top or that you're alone on an island. But you don't have to do business alone. Business is a place where if you surround yourself with the right people— it can be a blessing not only to you, but to those who you are surrounded with as well as your customers. You'll discover your purpose. You'll get clear about what God has anointed you to do to touch people in the marketplace. Now, how does this mastermind group work? It's very simple. The Kingdom Minded Entrepreneur Mastermind Group meets every week for 90 minutes on Zoom. This is very important because you want to spend time together with like-minded people. And the more time you spend with them, the more of an impact you're going to make in their lives and the more impact they're going to make in your life. So it's very important that we get together as often as possible. And so it's going to meet once a week for 90 minutes on Zoom. The 90-minute schedule will include, the first 10 minutes we will open in prayer, we'll discuss our wins of the week, we'll introduce the hot seat member of that week. Now we will have a maximum of 10 members in this mastermind group, and each person will have an opportunity to rotate through the hot seat. So every week we'll have a new member in the hot seat, uh, which means you could be in the hot seat for anywhere from four to five times a year. You're probably thinking, Jason, why would I join a mastermind group where I'm only in the hot seat once every 10 weeks? Well, here's the thing. You're going to get more value out of other people's hot seats than you're going to get out of your own because you're going to get ideas. You're going to gather insights that you wouldn't have had because you you were not focused on helping someone else. But when you're focused on helping someone else, those insights are more available to you and you'll learn more. You'll develop new ways of thinking. And so it's super important that you find that the value you get out of this group is from being there, showing up, and participating every week. Uh, Then we'll spend 70 minutes with a member in the hot seat. After that, we'll wrap up with a closing prayer. We'll take prayer requests to make sure that everybody is being covered in prayer that's a member of this group. Um, And then we'll wrap up with any uh, calls to action or, or action plans that need to take place before our next meeting. The price for the Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneurs Mastermind Group is $800 per month. And we're only taking 10 people, so the first 10 people to sign up will get in at this price of $800 per month, or you can pay one annual lump sum of $8,000, and that will secure your seat for the entire year. I would highly encourage you that if you are a Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneur and you are looking to build your faith while you build your business, I would highly encourage you to sign up for the Kingdom-Minded Entrepreneurs Mastermind Group. All right, so let's get into today's show. Last time, we were talking about the blessings of being in covenant with God. And if you were listening for the last few episodes, then you know that the covenant of God is something that God bestowed upon us. He's the one who decided, hey, I'm establishing my covenant with you. We didn't do anything to earn it, we didn't do anything to deserve it. He chose us. And if you're a descendant of Noah, if you are someone who's alive on the earth today, you're a descendant of Noah, and that covenant that he established with Noah into perpetuity exists to this day. And that means that you, your children's children, all the way into eternity are parties to this covenant. All you have to do is accept it. So, if you accept the covenant— Then on the last episode, we talked to you about all of the blessings that will follow you when you're in covenant with God. Today, I want to talk to you about six types of curses that exist in the world outside of being in covenant with God. Now, I think it's very important that we establish this, and I mentioned it last time, and I've said it a few times, that the curse already existed in the world. The scripture tells us that God will put all of these curses on you, but it's really not God putting the curse on you. What happens is the curse is there in the world. It's there as a result of the original sin where Adam and Eve fell. They they abdicated their responsibilities. They they neglected to do what God commanded them to do, and when they did this, they broke covenant with God, and because they broke that covenant, they were sent out into the world. And as you'll recall, that Satan was cast from heaven like lightning, and this happened between verses 1 and 2 of Genesis chapter 1. And so we know that the devil was upon the earth. We also know in Genesis chapter 6, it talks about how the earth was corrupt, so there was already a spoiling, there was already a ruining of the earth that was taking place. And so we understand that the the curse is a result of Satan falling from heaven. He is nothing but a liar. He is the root of evil. He's going to try to corrupt all things because he himself is corrupted. The curse is in the world. We are in the kingdom. And when we choose to accept the covenant of God, see, God, I think he was smart enough to realize that if we didn't have him as our covenant, our umbrella to protect us from the world, that we would become just like the world. We would become corrupt in our ways. We would become corrupt in our dealings. And the whole world would just, for lack of a better phrase, go to hell in a handbasket. So God doesn't bring these curses upon you. He wants to protect you. That's why he established a covenant with you. He wants to prosper you. He wants. He established the covenant, and he's the one who is holding back these curses. He is the umbrella. He is the protector. He is the fortress. He is the shield. He is the one that is keeping the curse from coming upon you and your family. These curses come upon anyone who chooses not to make God their dwelling place. That's the distinction, is that if you are in God, you're protected, but if you're out of God, you're unprotected. Proverbs six two says, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. What does that mean? It means that if there is nothing, there's no cause for the curse, then it cannot fall upon you. It, uh, the word alight means it, it'll land upon you. It, the curse doesn't land upon you when you are in god when you're doing what God's asked you to do the curse cannot settle upon you it wants to it's trying to it's going to land it's going to try to land on whomever it can but when you are in god it cannot settle upon you it it has to go it has to go but it's when we choose to take ourselves outside of that covenant that we open ourselves up and then we are vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy we must understand that we are in a war we're in a spiritual war. There's a great spiritual war that's happening all around us right now in the spiritual realm. We can't see what's happening, but we can certainly sense it. We know. We can tell by what's happening in the news. We can tell what's happening in Israel. We can tell when we look and see all of the things, all of the the prophecies are beginning to converge at this time, and, and we're seeing that the end of the age is near. So, we can tell that we're in a spiritual battle. So what do we know about spiritual battles? Who is the enemy? Ephesians 6.12 tells us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We fight against spiritual forces. That means we're fighting against demons, you heard me right. We're fighting against demons. There are dark spiritual forces at work in the world, and they are doing anything to come against you. You know, it's interesting that I've been mentioning how the curse doesn't come upon you when you're in God. Well, here's the thing. You could do everything right in a battle, and you could still be grazed by a stray bullet. You could still become a casualty of war. Um, One thing that I've noticed is that for a while now on this show, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And as soon as I started talking about the Holy Spirit, things were beginning to happen, and I recognized that it was a spiritual attack, that my finances were attacked, where it was becoming more difficult for me to, to purchase the things that I needed to take care of my household. It got to be where... It almost felt like I was in lack and I realized you know what's going on I'm doing everything right that I know to do what's happening and the revelation came when I realized that I was talking about the Holy Spirit and when I'm putting out on this podcast that the Holy Spirit he, he is your teacher he will he's your helper he's your counselor he's going to guide you into all truth he is the one who leads you in the way that you should go he's the still small voice that speaks to you and reminds you of everything that Jesus said when I begin to minister through this podcast about the Holy Spirit, the devil doesn't like that. The demons don't like that either. And so they are bringing every form of spiritual attack that they can think of against me. And that's when I have to take my spiritual authority over them. And praise God, I'm happy to say that I've been diligent in that. You know, we went from Two years ago in the pandemic, I had a well-paying job. I was doing fantastic. We were we were making headway, and then I was let go during the pandemic, and then I was on unemployment for a while, but God blessed me during that time. We were doing great, and as soon as we came off unemployment, it was impossible for me to get a job. Every single job I applied for, I was fully qualified for, but nobody would call me back, and... Those that did call me back only called me in for an interview and then never gave me an offer. And I began to really wonder what's going on here. Why is it so impossible to get a job? You hear people saying out there in the marketplace that there's a shortage of workers. Well, why aren't you hiring people? That's my biggest question. There's people like me who are applying for places, but they're not getting hired. Why, what's going on? Are you really experiencing a shortage? I don't know. It's hard to say, but I think it has everything to do with spiritual warfare, and I have stood my ground. I have fought the good fight of faith, and I am happy to announce that I just got a brand new position that I'm being told is very hard to get into, and so I'll be starting a new position with a new company here in the next week, and I'm super excited about that because it's going to propel my family to go forward in the things that we've been held back against over this last year and i i can only praise god for that because this is really i can sense right now in my spirit in my heart that this is going to be the open door that we need to launch us into the next phase of what we're doing with marketplace ministry and what we're doing with my wife's pet sitting business. I'm standing on the precipice. What needs to happen? What I need to cross? Where I need to go into in order to grow in in my life? And so I I praise God for that. But I I tell you that story because I want to convey to you that you can do everything you know to do, and it be absolutely right. It could be scriptural. You could do everything right, and you're still going to face setbacks. Jesus even fought Satan before he was launched into ministry. We talked about that back at the beginning of season two, where we talked about the leadership lessons of Jesus. Before he was launched into ministry, he went into the desert. The Holy Spirit led him into the desert for 40 years. Days. And during that 40 days, he ate nothing. He fasted and he was very hungry. So, towards the end of the fast, that's when Satan presented himself and began to tempt Jesus. We can even look at Job, for instance. So, Job was a righteous man. He did everything right. He knew everything. He knew what the Bible said. He knew what was required. He did this all to be righteous. But it shows that the devil came to God and said hey i've been wandering across the earth to and fro and god says well have you considered my servant job so god is promoting his righteous people in front of the devil saying hey like have you have you noticed job he is a righteous man have you noticed him since you're going to and fro on the earth and and the devil's like you know in an instant that if you took your hedge of protection off of him if you removed your covering from him that he would curse you and die. And God saw that as a challenge. He's like, all right, here's the deal. You you already, everything he has is already in your power. We know Genesis chapter two, chapter three, where the tempter came into the garden and then stole the keys from Adam and Eve. He became the authority over the earth. So he already has authority over everything that's on the earth. Every material thing that's on the earth is in the power of the devil. And God's just... Declaring that word here. He's like, you know, everything that he has is in your power. Just don't touch him. Don't touch him. And what happens to Job? He lost almost everything he had. He lost his family. And he went into a period of mourning. And when this happened, he didn't curse God. And I think sometimes we forget that when we go through tests, when we go through trials, it's not because... God is causing this to happen. There is an enemy in the world that's coming against us. And so it's not a curse, but we need to stand. We need to stand strong against what the devil will try to throw at us because your test will become your testimony. You're going to be able to grow stronger through that experience. And when you do, you'll take that experience with you And somebody else will benefit from it. You don't know whose heart is hurting, who is in that same place that you were in, that you can offer hope to saying, I know what it feels like right now, but on the other side of this, it's going to be a lot better than you think. Just keep pressing into God and just trust. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I also wanted to say this about James chapter 1. We have to be careful that we don't think that we are in God when we're not in God. Because it's very possible for you, like I said, you can do everything right. But there is this point that James makes in chapter 1 verses 21 through 25 that we can deceive ourselves. It says here in James... Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So the first thing we have to do is get rid of anything that is filthy. So what's filthy? Anything that's unclean, anything that is not of God. We need to get rid of that. And what do do I mean by that? Uh, Well, there's things in our heart. There's things in our mind. There's things that we think and meditate upon that shouldn't be there. We need to get rid of those things. Don't accept the thoughts when they come into your mind. Realize that they're there and throw them away. Don't let them take root into your heart. And then the next part says to receive the implanted word. That means the word of God is already in you. You've heard it. It's There's a seed of faith that was planted inside each and every one of us from the very beginning. And why was that seed put into us? It was so that we could receive the word of God, so that we could receive salvation. And what does that implanted word do for us? It helps us to save our souls. Uh, Verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What is that verse saying to me? It's saying that when I hear the word, I can go to church, I can hear the word, I can listen to a good preached sermon, but I can walk out of there and do nothing with it. And if I do nothing with that word, then I'm deceiving myself that I'm saved. I'm deceiving myself that I'm in relationship with God. You know, what happens in church on Sunday isn't for you. Church on Sunday is for you to come and serve others, to bless other people. What happens Monday through Saturday, that is for you. That personal time that you take with the Lord to get to know him, that's for you. And so you need to build yourself up in your most holy faith. You need to be getting into the word, listening to sermons, but not just listening, putting it into practice. And when you put it into practice, that's when you know, that's when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you truly are saved, that you are truly walking in the things of God. So be doers of the word and not hearers only, because when you hear it only, and you're like, oh, that's good hmm amen, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm on board with that. That sounds great. And you don't do anything with it? It's deception. And so you could think that you're saved, but you're not, is what I'm trying to get at. And so when you're in that type of situation, these curses are gonna come because you've deceived yourself in thinking that, yeah, I know God, but does he know you? Continuing on, it says, "'For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, "'he's like a man observing himself in the mirror.'" For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But when he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So we hear the word, we meditate upon the word, we hide it in our hearts, and then it comes out in our behavior. And as we begin to practice what we have heard, that's when people will begin to recognize us, That recognize that there's something different about us. There's something that's not quite the same. And when you do that, that's when you know that you're in the flow of God. So that brings me to the types of curses. As a big intro today, but, you know, we had to talk about it because it's a big lead up to what these curses are. So let's get into these six types of curses, and I'm going to do this in a two-part series. So we'll give you the first three this week, and then the next episode, we'll give you the next three. Uh, But here are the six categories of curses. Number one, the most frequently mentioned in these verses that we're going to reference today is oppression and slavery. There's over 11 verses that talk about oppression and slavery. The second category is illness. The third category is failure fourth category is natural disasters the fifth category is desperation and the sixth category is loss so my text for today is deuteronomy chapter 28 and this is in verses uh, 15 through 68 that's a lot of verses compared with the uh, blessing which happened in the first 14 verses of deuteronomy chapter 28 so it's very important that if there's more here we need to take note of that because that means these are the things that are coming upon us when we're in disobedience to God. So number one, let's look at some of these oppression and slavery curses. The scripture will tell us that there is uh, foreigners will rise above you, and that means your enemies are going to defeat you. And when this happens, you will then be oppressed by a foreign nation, ruled by a fierce nation, You'll be forced to serve your enemies and you'll be forced to serve idols. Now, this is an interesting uh, thing here that you're forced to serve idols. Many times when you see this in the scriptures, uh, like take, for example, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, when he started to force people to serve idols, he had signed a law that said under penalty of death. So you'll be forced to serve idols under penalty of death. And if you don't do what he said, you could lose your life just for noncompliance. You will build a house, but you will not get to live in it. Your ox will be slaughtered. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have an ox personally. In today's terms, in today's world, I would say that's your livelihood because an ox is an animal, a beast of burden that was used to plow the earth. And if it's plowing the earth, uh, then that's something that helped you to be productive. It helped you to create income and wealth for your family. So if your ox is going to be slaughtered, what does that look like in today? It's, your job's going to be taken out from under you. Your car's going to break down. You know, you're you're going to experience something that's just going to devastate you to the point that you no longer have the ability. Maybe the economy collapses. The entire U.S. dollar goes under because of some other foreign currency comes in and supplants it. These things could happen. It says here that one of the other things that'll happen when you're oppressed one of the curses is that your children will be sold into slavery. I think about slavery you know there's countries where kids are sold into human trafficking where they're forced into the sex trade and that is not a good thing we don't want our we don't want that for our children we don't want our kids to go that way uh, we certainly don't want our kids to become a slave and and work for somebody and not even get paid anything. We don't want them to be mistreated. So children will go into slavery. Your descendants will go into captivity. And then it, this this verse was interesting that it, it says that you'd be forced into cannibalism. Now, these things, even though these are part of the curse, these things actually happened in the Bible. It's almost like these curses were a prophetic word from God about what would happen during the captivity and the fall of Israel. You will be so hungry that you will eat your child, and the next day when you go to eat your neighbor's child, they will withhold the child from you. What? That is a desperate time. But that is what this is going to look like if you do not accept the covenant of God. So, the number one area that you're going to face when you're out of covenant with god is oppression and slavery the second area that you need to be aware of is illness this is the second biggest it has nine different references in these set of scriptures the first thing that i i want to bring out to you and we talked a little about uh, about it on the last episode is that you'll be cursed in the fruit of your body in other words you'll be come infertile you will not be able to have children Number two, you will experience confusion, rebuke, destruction, and short life. And when I think about those words, what does that mean to me? You know, confusion. We know that Satan is the author of confusion. Uh, We know that the Lord will give us over to delusion in the last days. And we're seeing that all over the world right now with people who don't know whether they're male or female, with people who don't know whether they're human or animal. But this is happening in the world. And God has handed them over to their delusion. He is, here, that's what you think? You don't want to have anything to do with me? Fine. Go about your business. I'm not going to cover you anymore. And these people have been handed over. What a terrible thing for God to say, I will hand you over to your delusions. Whew. I pray in Jesus' name that that never happens to me or to any of you, but that we will we will be aware of everything that's happening in the spirit. But that looks like mental illness, right? Because if you don't know that you're male or female, if you don't know that you're a human and not a cat, that's a mental issue. Now, we've developed this psychological program today where we don't look at calling it a mental issue. Most of the people that have these issues today would have been in a mental asylum back in the 50s and 60s. But today, we let them run around and we appease them and we let them do whatever they want to do and we just say, yeah, it's okay, and we pat them on the back. But honestly, we shouldn't be doing that. The Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. That doesn't mean that we go to them and we judge them. We are not judgmental. We are not going to say, hey, you know you're going to hell, right? But you want to talk to them and you want to love on them and let them know, you know, there's hope for you. I don't know what's driven you to think that, You're a female when you're a male. I don't know what's driven you to think that you're a cat when you're actually a human, but God wants more for you. There's more for your life than that, but they are in spiritual torment in their mind. We need to pray for them, and I would encourage you all to take some time and actually pray for these people instead of criticizing them and distancing yourself from them. I mean, We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We need to be a light in the darkness for these people. We need to intercede on their behalf because there is a loving God that wants to redeem their souls. All the while, what's happening to them in the the spiritual realm, in our natural realm, is that the devil has taken over their mind, has deceived them into thinking that they can be whatever they want to be, and that that's not the truth. He is trying to destroy these people. And if we could really get the heart of God and go after them to yank them out of the claws of the enemy. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. There will be health issues that lead to short life. Anxiety, again, anxiety, that's a mental issue, right? And, and I've experienced that. I've shared my testimony on the show before about how when I was only 20 years old, I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to take my life. But I didn't. And the only reason I didn't was because I had a pet guinea pig. And when the guinea pig squeaked, I heard that noise, that sound, and it stopped me because I had the thought in my mind that no one can take care of that animal better than me. If it hadn't been for that guinea pig, the guinea pig never would have saved my life. I never would have made it into the military. And in the military, I never would have accepted Jesus. But whatever I was going through at that time where I felt like I didn't have any money, uh... Nobody loved me. I was going to end up alone, and I felt all of these pressures of life, and I didn't understand how the world worked. I was a smart kid. I graduated, yet once I got out on my own, everything just fell apart rapidly, and so I know what that's like, but there's hope on the other side. You don't have to stay stuck there. It goes on to say that there's plague and consumption, fever, inflammation. So we're talking about sickness and disease. You'll experience boils, tumors, scabs, itch. So that's bodily infirmities. Madness, mental health disorders. Again, right here for the second time, you'll you'll experience madness, blindness, and confusion. Okay, blindness could be talking about physical blindness of your eyes, but I think it's also talking about spiritual blindness, that you can't see the things in the Spirit very clearly. And so that's what I'm seeing here. And then that confusion is you don't understand what's happening in the Spirit. And so you just do your own thing. That's not what you need to be doing. You need to be in the covenant of God. If you're not, these are the things that are going to come after you. Again, driven mad, arthritis, boils, bunions, extraordinary plagues uh, that are great and prolonged, that are serious and prolonged. Everybody remember the COVID-19 pandemic, right? Everybody was terrified of that. That was a plague, right? It was a disease that was upon the earth. And it came upon us. If you're under the curse, then it would come against you seriously and you would, have, you would experience it prolonged. I got it twice. I never had to be hospitalized. I never was vaccinated. I'm still not vaccinated. And... I never will be vaccinated because obviously I have natural immunity to this thing, but I didn't put my trust in the fear that everybody was pushing. I put my trust in my God and I spoke the word over my wife when she had it and we prayed and we fasted and we continued to go to church and we sought God and we're healed of it. I'm not saying that that's going to magically happen for everybody, but it happened for us, and if it happened for me, God will do that for you as well. It says you'll be exposed to all the Egyptian diseases, and every time the Bible refers to Egypt, it's also referring to the world, because Egypt was the world back in the biblical age. So you, you had the Holy Land, and then whenever they needed to get out of the Holy Land to go somewhere else, they always went into the world, and the world was Egypt. Uh, and then they became slaves in Egypt, and when they were slaves in Egypt they wanted to get out of Egypt and they needed Moses to deliver them out so these are parts of that curse failure this is the third category and what i'm pulling out of these scriptures again you can reference Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 15 through 68 i'm not reading these in order I basically took all of the scriptures, and every time they referenced a specific type of thing, I lumped it into a category so we could see these are the categories of curses that come upon us. And so far, we've talked about oppression and slavery, and we've talked about illness. Now we're going to talk about failure. Failure, it says that you will be cursed in the city, you will be cursed in the country. What does that say? Well, we already talked about it last week, that when it says cursed in the city, that's the place of business. So that means your business will fail. It says you will be cursed going out. So going out to your place of business. Again, your business will fail. When we first started Marketplace Ministry back in March 2021, when we started the show, I shared a little bit about my experience in running a business for over 12 years, and then I got out of the business because I stopped believing in it. But as I read through these verses in Deuteronomy chapter 28, I realized something, that the reason my business failed had nothing to do with the fear that I was a failure. It had everything to do with the fact that I wasn't in relationship with God. I wasn't honoring God. Now, I was in the beginning when I started the business. I prayed about my business and I asked God, how do I market this thing and what do I need to do? And I listened to the things that he told me in the spirit. But at some point along the way, I stopped seeking God for my business and I began to start doing things in my own ability. I was doing it without any anointing. And that, that's a scary thing. Because I didn't have the hand of God on my business, that's what caused my business to fail. I wasn't in covenant with God. Cursed in the country, that's the place of rest. That's the place where you go to spend time with your family. It's the place that you go for recreation on vacation. When you're cursed in the country, that means that your marriage, your family, and your relationships will all fail. People don't want to hang around you. Uh, They won't want to associate with you. They won't want to talk about you. In fact, they'll probably spend more time talking about you than spending time with you because it's evident that when you are not in covenant with God, your life is a mess and nobody wants to be around somebody whose life is a mess. So we need to be mindful that this is what's going to happen if we're out of covenant with God. Cursed in your basket, The last episode we talked about the basket represents your wallet because you're going to put your goods in the basket and carry it to the temple or carry it to the place where you would trade. And that, in effect, is like having money in your wallet. And so this is telling me that your money is going to fail. Cursed in your kneading bowl. Now the kneading bowl is what you would use to knead dough to create bread. So today's terms we're talking about the tools of production, the tools of trade, everything that you use to make a living. They're going to it's going to fail. It's going to fail. Cursed in the produce of your land. So again, the produce, this is what you're planting. These are the investments that you're making. It's going to fail. Your investments will fail and And that's how you know that you're under the curse rather than under the blessing. And then it goes on to say that your ways, in other words, everything you do will fail continually. Doesn't matter what you try, everything will fail. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like everything that I'm doing is going to fail and lead to failure? that's you, you're not alone. I guarantee you there's many other listeners that are listening who've been in that same situation as you. And I know I've been in that situation where I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've done everything I knew to do and it just still continued to fail. That's when we need to turn to Jesus. That's when we need to turn to God. Repent for everything that we've been doing, accept his covenant, and walk in it. I'm going to stop there for this week's episode, and then we're going to pick up again in on the next episode when we're going to talk about the next three categories of the curse that you experience when you're not in covenant with God. So again, we talked today about oppression and slavery, illness and failure. Next week, we'll pick up with natural disasters, desperation and loss. Until next time, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even As your soul prospers. Thanks for listening to Marketplace Ministry. What did God speak to you about during today's show? Join the conversation using hashtag Marketplace Ministry on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Got a question for the show? email us at info at marketplaceministrypodcast.com or text us at 502-833-6136. Keep seeking God first and serving his people well and your business will prosper in Jesus' name.